Welcome back to the 3 and D podcast. I'm your host, Justin Genus, and I'm here with special guest Michael Poo. This will be another of our division previews, and we're going to go for the Southwest Division, which includes the Dallas Mavericks, the Houston Rockets, San Antonio Spurs, New Orleans Pelicans, and um, what's the other team there? The Memphis Grizzlies. I always forget them um, in this division. But before we get into that, uh, Michael, who is your favorite team and your favorite player of all time? All right, so I don't really have a favorite team. I kind of just have, like, but whenever I, like, watch a game, I'll just have, like, a team that I root for, usually, like, an underdog-ish. All time. Yeah, I'm one of those. All time. Um, I think. I think it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul? You know, I... Welcome back to the 3D Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Genus, and I'm here with special guest Michael Pooh. This will be another of our division previews, and we're going to go for the Southwest Division which includes the Dallas Mavericks, the Houston Rockets, San Antonio Spurs, New Orleans Pelicans, and um, what's the other team there? The Memphis Grizzlies. I always forget them um, in this division. But before we get into that, uh, Michael, who is your favorite team and your favorite player of all time? All right, so I don't really have a favorite team. I kind of just have, like, but whenever I, like, watch a game, I'll just have, like, a team that I root for, usually, like, an underdog-ish. All I'm time. Yeah, I'm one of those. All time. Um, I, think, I think it's Chris Paul. Chris Paul? You know, I w- this is the one time in the episode I'm allowing you to say Jeremy Lin. I'm kind of being honest here. I think, like, I'm a small guard. Chris Paul's a small guard. It's... Oh, okay. So something more personal about it. I mean... Alright. Chris Paul's a well, god. Chris Paul is probably... If he had any playoff success, he'd be in the conversation for top three-point guard of all time. And he just so happens to be featured in the Southwest Division. Uh, he's part of the... Huge part of the reason the Rockets were almost in the NBA Finals last year. So, to start out, there was a lot of roster turnover in the offseason, uh, and there were a lot of new additions to this, uh, to this, excuse me, uh, to this division. Uh, obviously, there was that huge trade, uh, Kawhi for DeRozan. There, um, DeMarcus Cousins is gone, and his only replacement is Julius Randle. Um, and there were some pretty big draft picks here, too, including Luka Doncic, who many believe to be the best player in the draft. So, Michael, who do you think will be the best new addition in this upcoming season? Well, the best player out of all like the new additions is probably DeMar DeRozan. But do you think that he will have enough do you think he'll have more positive impact than any of the other any of the other guys that were picked up here? Or? 
think the one with the most positive impact will probably be um Luka Doncic, which is kind of saying a lot. But the the Mavericks had a pretty dismal season last year, and I don't think you can get much worse than that. So I think having a nice young guy that's so talented, faster, great shooter, he can he can score. Right. I like that all around. I think that's just going to be an all around benefit to his team. And you can't forget that they also picked up DeAndre Jordan, admittedly on a one year deal. So who knows how, uh, how much he'll be impacting the team going forward. But, um, I think that DeAndre Jordan with Doncic should make for some very interesting, uh, th- it'll be an interesting and pretty fun team to watch. This year, even though I don't think they will be a playoff team, they still have Dennis Smith Jr. and Harrison Barnes. So, a lot of young talent. Uh, the West is definitely looking, I mean, they look just as good for the future, and I don't see any reason why they'd stop dominating the league, um, compared to the East. If I had to go with a guy though, I really like Jaron Jackson's chances. He's really young. And I, you don't see a lot of guys at age 19 immediately making a huge impact. But he's in a unique situation to me in that the Grizzlies got to pick in the top 10, even though they were, their roster says they were they should have been competing for a playoff spot last year. The only reason they weren't was uh, significant injuries. But I think Jackson will have a chance to play literally two to five. And with his length and his height, he will be make an already stout defensive team really strong, perimeter and uh, in the paint. He's so versatile. I think that's a huge value in today's NBA. Uh, I, I agree with that. And also I like how he's playing with Mark Gasol, who's one of the best centers in the league right now, without a doubt. So I think that having veteran on his team, I think that's going to help him a lot too with his development. Do you think, where do you think uh, he'll play, what position do you think he'd play primarily for this team? Power forward. I think there's like a huge gap there for that team. And he can spread the floor too. Marcus Salt can also spread the floor. He's been shooting a little bit of threes. Right. Uh, So, I think Jaron Jackson and Marcus Salt, they both have length. They both spread the floor. Yeah, Just I pretty brilliant. Wouldn't be surprised if the Grizzlies come back with... Uh, I don't know. The West is so, so convoluted. Right at, right between those, I'd say, 6 to... Even 6 to 12, 6 to 10-ish. Where you're not sure which team is... Which teams are better than the others. But the Grizzlies should be... Assuming they're healthy, which is a big assumption, I guess. Should be right back in the mix for uh, playoff contention this season. Yeah, for sure. And I think the Mavs with DeAndre Jordan and Luka Doncic, they could also be an eighth seed. But I don't really see that happening. I think this season they're probably going to be more like a 40-win team, which in the West isn't really good enough to... But... Yeah, this... in. I think part of this division's problem, or the problem with being in this division, is that every one of these teams will uh, is good enough to beat the other. Save the Rockets, who are far and away the best team. 
I think. Um, but they'll cannibalize each just, other. It's our kind of close. All right, because they made they made the playoffs last year without a without a superstar to go with Aldridge. So we'll see how good the Spurs are, and we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But what you'll notice is that these teams will be it'll be kind of like the NFC East in the NFL, where no team is really so much better than the others. So they all sort of bring each other's records down. The Redskins are not that bad. I mean, Adrian, well, different sport. We'll stay on topic. But um, I think the most controversial controversial introduction or addition this offseason was definitely Carmelo Anthony to the Rockets. And I think whether he's successful or not there will determine whether or not they had a successful offseason, a good offseason, because they did re-up Capella for probably a little less than he's worth, but they lost Ariza, they lost Mute. so Carmelo Anthony, uh, and whether he works out for them is going to be very, pretty much the deciding factor as to whether or not the Rockets got better. Uh, do you see him accepting the you see him accepting the bench role? Because that's really what it comes down to. To be honest, I don't think he should be playing a bench role simply because Ariza and Mute were still on the team. I would start them over Carmelo simply because both of them have a much stronger set Carmelo for sure. Uh, and this is hard. You said defensive contribution? Like Mute and uh, Trevor Ariza, they're both a lot better on defense than Carmelo. And this is already a team that's like pretty offensive heavy with Chris Paul, James Harden, like that's pretty much the entire offense. And, but, death of this team now at that spot, like PJ Tucker is like the next small forward. He's definitely like, like six man. So I think that uh, Carmelo Anthony start wouldn't be like a bad idea, but I also don't like how he's so against the bench idea because for Team USA he was willing to accept that bench role, but I don't know why he won't do it in this case. But I think he should start anyway. Well, you have to remember he thinks that the gold medal, gold medal, is more valuable than an NBA championship. So that's probably why he was willing to accept the role there. I don't know what that was about. I thought I thought he was just talking about like it's kind of close, but I mean, uh, uh, he's he's aging. I mean, you can see like his production years hasn't really been the same. So much he wasn't efficient to begin with, but now I think that's the big, big, biggest adjustment he's going to have to make. He's going to be a pure shooter in Houston. He's not going to have free reign to dribble and post up the way he's used to doing. I think that's where you'll see some, uh, you'll see real issues for him, whether he's starting or coming off the bench. Um, I don't, I don't feel like it's going to work out. But, um. I think it's like the OKC situation where Paul George and Russell Westbrook, Westbrook were both pretty ball dominant. And both clearly better. 
Yeah, and then you don't see like touches, and then you it goes to a team where the two primary playmakers are even more ball dominant. They have that scoring. Even I think even like in New York when he was with Amari, he was the ball dominant player. He still didn't like gel with like another player that long. Yeah, like another star that long. Good season, and then the rest of them were like pretty mediocre. So, uh, I don't know. I think when Carmelo was like able to be the dude, they're able to do pretty well. But I think now, uh, he's just at that point in his career where he can't really do that anymore. So, with all this talk of superstars, I think one question you have to ask is who is the best player in the Southwest? Even with Kawhi's recent trade, uh, there's not a lack of talent. The Southwest Division is not lacking for talent like the Southeast, for example. Uh, there are quite a few established superstars in the group. So we have to really wonder which one of these guys is the best player. Probably comes down to Harden and, and Davis, in my opinion. And I'd say that I prefer Davis. He's a top five offensive player can score the basketball from almost anywhere but he is also a probably the best defensive player in the league which to me he has so much all-around impact it's hard to argue against him um additionally he hasn't really been given the supporting cast a lot of these other a lot of these other players have been so i think if he sees um another superstar that melds well with him or is healthy you could really see Davis's team making the jump to a to be truly competitive, or perhaps if he's out of there, out of this division, uh, sometime in the near future. No knocks on Anthony Davis, but I think that by himself, even though this was like a few years ago, by himself was able to get the Rockets to the conference finals, and you haven't really seen that kind of like same playoff success with. Like, he went to the second round with DeMarcus Cousins on his team, and now he lost. Is this gone? Well, I mean, which will give the give him the opportunity to shine a little bit more. He just has such a huge impact offensively, and with Mike D'Antoni and him being the primary ball handler, he just has so much offensive production that I think that's more valuable to the team, and the team already has, like, it defensive presence whereas Anthony Davis has to be that inside defensive presence and which I guess sounds like I'm making him sound better but I think Harden like just straight up has more of an impact simply because of his offensive production yeah and I guess that part part of it is just that he's in a part of it is that he's in a system that utilizes his talent so well um, Harden is probably the best isolation player in the game because he's so intelligent as far as manipulating uh, the rules and his defender in order to get to the spots he wants. Um, I'm not a fan of... I think he's he takes a lot of really difficult shots. And for the degree of difficulty, he makes a lot of them. But you don't get points for... You don't get style points in the NBA. So to me, Davis... Just being a more efficient scorer and just eons better on defense makes him the, the top top guy in the division. 
Um, outside of those two, would you? Uh, where would you go next as far as a uh, top talent? Um, I think you'd have to look to the Spurs. Probably DeMar DeRozan or LaMarcus Aldridge. I think they're both... I like Aldridge more than DeRozan, personally. Both pretty even. I think... I don't like DeRozan simply because he hasn't developed that range. Yeah, he's not a he's not a shooter, and I think at this point, he's pretty much at his ceiling. Um, obviously, he's highly motivated this offseason, but... I don't know. Motivation isn't enough to. I don't. I don't think motivation is going to be enough. Oh, and he's a minus defender. He's a he's a poor defender, actually. Probably worse than Harden at this point, though. It's not something people want to say about him. Chris Paul too deserves a mention. Uh, without his injury, we might be having a totally different discussion. With the Rockets being NBA champions, so uh, props to him for that. I think one of the most interesting storylines this off season or this season and next season will be Anthony Davis and whether or not he decides to stay in New Orleans and be the hometown hero there. Um, I've seen a lot of comparisons from his um, in his career to uh, Kevin Garnett, a player who was very young when he came into the league, extremely dominant. What best defensive player in the league uh, for stretches, MVP candidate for the Timberwolves, who never quite got him the support he needed to push for a championship. So, and you see what ended up happening. He only got success when he finally left, and Davis is fully aware of the fact that this might be uh, his his. He knows that his window is not closing by any means, but. You're only, you can only be as good as he is for so long. So, especially with the news of him wanting to, or him changing agents to LeBron's agent, Rich Paul, uh, Michael, how likely do you think it is that if the Pelicans are, let's say, hovering around 500 going to the All-Star break, do you think it's possible that we start hearing rumblings of him trying to get out of there and maybe even be traded? I don't see any trades happening this year, simply because I feel like flat because people thought like he only went to the playoffs because and he only succeeded in the first round because Demarcus Cousins was there with him. So I think there's probably like a bit of an edge to him. You chip on his shoulder. Doesn't he doesn't need like anyone else's help really, and that he can kind of power through this by himself. A certain point, like if the Pelicans aren't making any good moves, agency probably in like the coming years. You said you'd see him. Uh, I'm sorry, you're cutting out in and out a little bit, but I think you said you'd see him. You you don't see him being traded, but it's probable that he'd consider moving in free agency. The Pelicans don't make any moves in the coming years in free agency, like attract attract, like, stars in free agency to help out Davis, I can see him for a trade or moving on his own terms in free agency. Right. Is it, to that chip. is it possible to trade a player of his caliber 
and even come. I, I, I mean, I'm just going to say, I don't think it's possible to trade a player, an arguably top three, top five player. He's definitely top five, arguably top three uh, player and win the trade or even get close to what you wanted back. We saw the trade with Kawhi, with the Raptors and the Spurs, but if the Raptors, I, I mean, the Spurs. I think, I think a trade with Anthony Davis would be similar to like the Kyrie trade. What, uh, like Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder mm-hmm. or Kyrie. Oh, and don't forget that pick. Uh, and a draft pick. But yeah. uh, they used that to get uh, Colin Sexton. Yeah. I don't think like that trade definitely not last year did not pan out. They traded it. They ended up trading both Jay Crowder and Isaiah Thomas too, so yeah, it wasn't. I I think that's just an example of why if you have a star who wants out, um, especially one that's as good as Davis, then you have to ride it out because in the grand scheme of things, trading for play, a a group of players that won't really make you competitive anyway sort of hurts your future. Because you can't get as good, your draft pick won't be as good, and um, you're not, you're going to be fighting for, you're going to be trying to win, but not really competing. I don't think it's completely useless to trade, like, a star player for pieces. I think it'd be more useful, I guess in the Pelicans case, if they were to trade Anthony Davis younger pieces rather than like search for old guys that are kind of a bit past their prime because I think if they search for like established people already then they know what they're going to get and it's definitely not going to be the same amount of production as Anthony Davis gave them and then they're going to be still trying to search for wins like you said I think if I think if any team really, like, superstar, I think they should definitely invest in the future. I think you're, yeah, I think you're right about that, Michael. I'd agree with that statement. Um, so we're gonna sort of bring this to a close here now with our division rankings, or our team rankings for this division. So, Michael, give me your the the five. Which team do you think will have the best regular season records? Um, which of them do you think will make the playoffs? And lastly, who do you think will be the quote unquote division MVP for this uh, upcoming season? All right, so I definitely go Rockets first for sure. A high 50 to 60 win team, probably like a third seed. Probably second round of the playoffs, and then depending on who they play, I mean, they could probably go to the conference. Fi- they could go to the conference final. Yeah, and maybe. The, it, I really say that depends on Harden, because the Harden you see in the playoffs is not regular season Harden. It, it, and it's a trend in the, it's a trend, um, I 
I've heard it attributed to the increased physicality and the fact that he won't get as many calls as the uh, season goes on, but as, as you get deeper in the playoffs, but I, I totally agree. The, the Rockets are unquestionably the most talented and the best coach. Well, not, they don't have the best coach, but they have the best combination of talent and coaching to uh, win this division. And then I think next in the division is probably the Spurs. Coach in the league, they they did they traded Kawhi, but they did get Demar Derozan, who is still a star in his own right, with a lot of motivation. And they they have young guys coming up too, like Dejounte Murray. I I'm kind of looking for him. Have a kind of breakout year. It's his third year in the league. I mean, I think it's like his third year as like a full time starter. Here's a full time starter, so I think uh I think he's gonna break it big. And you can't forget they still have they they still have I mean, it's not as valuable as it used to be. But having two big men who are as skilled and savvy as Aldridge and Gasol are is uh is a boon for any NBA team. Um and they because Popovich is just such a genius he finds ways to use players like DeMar DeRozan that most coaches would write off or wouldn't want as their as his center. Most coaches wouldn't want as their centerpiece because DeRozan is in the, he's in that weird spot where he's a good scorer, a very skilled scorer, but not in the most efficient way because he just doesn't shoot threes. Um, but yeah, Spurs at two definitely makes sense. We can't forget they made the playoffs last year without um, without a wing superstar with just Aldridge and Gasol and those guys. Uh, who's your number three? Number three? Where it gets tough. Okay, I'm going to go with number five right now. I'm going to say it's the Mavs. No doubt. Simply because their biggest superstar is DeAndre Jordan, who doesn't really have any big offensive talent. He grabs boards, he can play, he's a good rim protector, but the impact, and Dirk, Dirk isn't as an offensive powerhouse anymore, except because of his age. It's gonna be like a mid thirty win to forty win team, which this division I guess last because this is such a good division. Yeah, and that's I mean, yeah, if you're the worst in that division, if you're if you're the worst team in the division wins thirty five games, that's really competitive. Oh, and don't and again, it's easy to forget, and I actually I do wonder. How will Dennis Smith Jr. fit in with, with Doncic? Doncic, I imagine, just based, I don't know that much about him, if I'm being honest, but I imagine he doesn't need the ball that much if he's a, if he's such a gift, as gifted a passer as I've heard. Um, I don't think, and since he's a wing, I don't think he's going to be dribbling and handling the ball more so than making, uh, snap decisions and, uh, 
kind of like Simmons is able to in the Sixers' pack, like high passing offense. Um, but I do wonder how Smith is going to fit in if he doesn't add a jumper. I think that it'll really hamper his ability to meld well with this new Doncic-centered team. I mean, Dennis Smith, I never really thought of him as, like, a bad shooter. He's, like, a little inconsistent at times. I think he's more like a streaky shooter. Like, sometimes he'll shoot really well, and sometimes he'll shoot pretty bad. Shot 30%. And I'm assuming that'll only go up. Right. He'll also get, he'll, he'll get better looks this year, too. They could probably... I think Dennis Smith would actually be better off ball. Well, as a shoot. slasher and a cutter. Yeah, as like a cutter. Adonis can use his uh, gifted passing to Smith for cuts and layups. I, know, I, mean, so I think that's how it's probably going to pan out. Right, so maybe... Yeah, maybe let Doncic just have the ball more and instead teach um, Chief Smith to... Uh, Chief Smith to play off ball. I see that happening. Alright, so now, you, now you're going to have to take on probably the most difficult... Uh, most difficult decision in this uh, in this uh, division. Three and four. Pelicans versus Grizzlies. Who makes the playoffs? Or do, do either of them make the playoffs? And which of these teams is better? I think the fourth place team in this division will definitely not make the playoffs. Simply because there's the Pacific Division is what the Warriors and been making the playoffs. And then Northwest, which is, I think, an even better division than this one, the Jazz and the Thunder, the Trailblazers, the Nuggets, and what's the other team there? The Timberwolves. Uh, there's so many teams. But, um, I had to pick. <sighs> I don't want to, I'm going to have to go with the Grizzlies at 3, and then the Pelicans at 4, because I'm just like a true duo. Yeah, call me Gasol the back. Yeah, call me Gasol, they're, uh, they're like, oh, they've been to the playoffs many times, they've had playoff success, they're experienced, if they stay healthy, a better team than the Grizzlies, and they added a young piece in Jaron Jackson. Well, that's going to be it for this episode of the 3ND Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening, and I again apologize about the audio quality. Um, thank you, Michael Poo, for joining me. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and I think it'd be great to have you on again sometime. If the ending of the conversation sounded kind of abrupt, that's because there was more recorded, but the audio was too di- uh, too corrupted for me to patch up properly, so I'm get as I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm getting a microphone very soon. But thank you all for listening. Now that this has been re-uploaded with better quality, and uh, that's it for us. Adios.